We are on a series um, that Bob has uh, started here two weeks ago, uh, Christmas and the Work of Christ. Now, really, the, the idea with this series is to not just focus on Christmas or focus on Advent, but to look at the whole story of creation, God bringing men and women onto the earth, the choices we've made, not just that Jesus came as a baby and was born, but to tie the whole story of the good news, which is the gospel, together. That there is the birth, there is the death, there is the resurrection, and there is the ascension of Jesus Christ. And to tie it together to where we don't just focus on one event. And so, you know, right now we're focusing on Christmas and it's all about baby Jesus. And then several months go by and we just kind of get back into life and do other things. And then we we take a period of time and we focus on the death of Jesus and how he paid the penalty for our sin. And then a couple days later, we focus on the resurrection of Jesus. And then when we get real Pentecostal, we focus on the ascension of Jesus. But no, let's put it together because it's all part of one storyline. Just like when you and I look at our lives, it's not just about one event. Tamar and I are, uh, this Tuesday, we're celebrating our 20-year engagement, not um, actual wedding anniversary. But I always actually like this anniversary a lot better because I feel like that's actually when I committed. The, The other one was just when you guys got to be there kind of thing. But when I actually committed myself was um, at the engagement. But our story is so much bigger than that one anniversary of an engagement or so much bigger than a wedding or so much bigger than, you know, uh, six kids coming along or so much bigger than different pros and cons. It's all of it put together tells our story. Same way, our testimony, and that's why we always want to never forget, even as Tamar kind of challenged us, man, if Jesus has brought you back to life, why is it sometimes that we, 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 we sing those songs and we can just kind of, but come on, there's a truth in it, and it, we should be feeling it. Man, if someone just plucked you out of, out of a, a raging river, have you, have you guys ever gone like whitewater rafting and, and, you, and you fell in? That's the funnest part. So make sure you do it. Uh, speaking of tomorrow and I's marriage, when we got married, um, our, anniver- or our um, honeymoon, we went to Montana and uh, we went to Glacier National Park. And one of the things we did is we went whitewater rafting. And so we first part of it, we're on a large raft with a whole bunch of people and just kind of, you know, you just kind of sit on the side and you just kind of oar down the calm rapids. And she's like, oh, this is just so nice. And we stopped for lunch. And then here comes this dude in a kayak and he's towing what they call like a fun yak. It's an inflatable kind of canoey kayak thing. And he has um, wetsuits and helmets in it. And he brings it and uh, he's like, are you two? And so we say, yeah. And she's like, well, why is it that on the raft we only have to wear like a life jacket, but now you're giving us a helmet and, and this and so he said, oh, you'll see. It's a lot of fun. And so he's like, what are you guys here for? And we tell him, and he laughs. He chuckles. He's like, oh, I call this the divorce boat. And um, 
So we start going and he wants us to do some practice, you know, kind of like fall. And um, Tamar's was kind of delayed. And then when she did fall in, it was on a rapid. And then she's just like going like this. And the guy and I thought it was really funny. So we just started laughing and uh, it, it didn't turn out super well, but we did have a great time. Um, <laughs> What was that going with? Well, I guess if you're in the water, <laughs> if you're in the water and someone finally rescues you, you know, you're appreciative. Now, she wasn't appreciative. She was very upset because we thought it was funny. That really, okay. So the story, the, yeah, we have a lot to celebrate. The idea is let's not just look at the birth. But let's, let's absolutely focus on that. It's kind of like someone's birthday. When, when we celebrate one of our kids' birthday, we're not just looking at that one day. We're celebrating the life we've been able to live with them. I'm not just celebrating that day. I'm not just celebrating that moment. I'm celebrating their personality. I'm celebrating the gifts God has given them. I'm celebrating the things they've overcome. I'm celebrating what I believe is going to take place in the future. I'm celebrating their potential. So in the same way, we want to look at the whole picture in that way. All right, so the birth, the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. The four most miraculous events in history. Nothing compares to them. The only other ones that kind of compare are the ones that Jesus then performed by raising someone else from the dead. But no one else overcame the grave in their own. No other birth was as miraculous in the way that that took place. They all changed history. But you couldn't have one without what came first, what came, what preceded it. And so we're looking at all of them together. But then also, what does it mean to each one of us now? And I think that's always important is that we don't just read the Bible as a storybook, as a history book. But we read it as something that these words are alive. And the stories aren't just in here for us to know, wow, he really was good. He did some really neat things. Man, God really loved those people. No, he's really good to me. He really loves me. And he really loves you. Because it's still alive. It is still active in us. So as soon as we get to thinking about it as a history story, we lose so much of the power. Because we miss out on what God is actively doing in each one of us, what he wants to do through each one of us, and what he wants to do around each one of us. You ever just stopped in a praise service and... Um, I don't know if this is actually right to do or not, but we're going to pretend it is. You just stopped worshiping and you took your mind off of, you know, so you stopped singing. But you just began to look around and see the way God is moving on different people. You know, it's interesting that many times we can sing a song that I actually don't love. It's not my one of my favorites. It's not one that I blare out to every single day. And I'll kind of open my eyes and I'll look around and there's someone else just like weeping and just experiencing the presence of God and God is doing something mighty in them. So there's something so powerful in what he wants to do in us. There's something so honoring that he wants to do it through us. And there's something so awe-inspiring when you begin to see 
what he's doing around us in looking at that. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, this is a prophecy talking about Jesus. It says his government and its peace will never end. It's not a four-year term. It's not a reign as long as he can keep the, the military on his side. It's not a, a good idea that lasts for a couple hundred years and then that government got arrogant and begins to fall and another one rises up. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make it happen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you, God, just for today that we can come together, that we can celebrate, that we get reminded of what you've done. It's so easy to get caught up in the here and now and to get caught up in just our, our task list and our own emotions and what's going on. Lord, we want to get better at pausing, getting better at, at making space, taking time to reflect on who you are, taking time to appreciate you for all you've done and taking time to open up ourselves, our ears, to open up our spirit to receive whatever, however you want to direct us, however you want to guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, today we're talking about Emmanuel, God with us. Now, you can see it spelled different ways. Um, sometimes when you sing songs or you see it on different things, even as you read scripture, it can be spelled different ways. And so there's Emmanuel with an I, and then there's Emmanuel with an E. Anybody ever get confused with those things? It's pretty simple, but not so simple, but kind of simple, if you think it's simple. Uh, the Emmanuel with the I is out of the Old Testament, and that is the translation, the Hebrew translation. And with the E is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word, how they spelled it, and then how in English we, we um, uh, translate that in the Bible. And that's why you see the difference there of the two different ones. But I wanted to go old school, so we're going Emmanuel with the I. Good with that? Good. Thank you for helping me with that. Um, all right, birth, death, resurrection, and ascension. Now, I need seven volunteers who would be willing to read a portion of Scripture. And it's a lot easier if you just come up instead of me calling you out by name or just pointing at you and saying you in the blue shirt. So seven volunteers that want to read the holy, living Word of God. That's a guilt trip right there. How dare you not want to read it? You're number one. Need someone to read number two. Come on. Number three. Love it. Number four. Got three more. Number five. I like how you guys all sigh. Like, I can't believe he's making me do this as you get up. Number six. You're, uh, will you come over here just so I don't lose track of... Um, yeah, I get confused. And number seven. All right, here we go. Now. So what you're going to do is you're going to read it. But I want you to read it um, like we're at the library. 
and you are the person reading the story, and all of us are sitting on our little carpet squares or our bean bags. And so read it slow. The objective isn't just to get through it, but and then just pass the mic to the next person to your left. And this is really taking the birth, the prophet, the prophetic voice of what was going to happen to the birth, to the death, to the resurrection, to the ascension, and amen, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is going to bring this all together. Later, the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation, Ahaz. Make it as difficult as you want, as high as heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. But the king refused. No, he said, I will not test the Lord like that. Then Isaiah said, Listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right, then. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Matthew 1, 18-25. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relationships with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. John 3, 15-17 No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the former Lord, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Matthew 27, 45 62. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land. Three o'clock, about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Nima, Sebastian, Tommy, Tommy. Which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding enough for him to, on reeds, get to drink. But the rest said, 
wait, let's see if Elijah comes down and save him. And Jesus shouted down again, and he released the spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. Matthew 28, 1-7. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The gods shook with fear and death when they saw him, and they fell down into a dead tomb. Then the angel spoke to the woman, Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said he would have Come see where his body was lying, and know. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. Acts 1, 6-11. Oh. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud where they were watching, while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why are you standing here, staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way Go. Revelation 1, 7 to 8. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. The Almighty One. You give them a hand. I was just moved thinking through this when really thinking through why did Jesus come? Why was a baby born? And in John 3, 13 through 17, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, there was a reason why it wasn't just so a baby can be born. It's not just so there could be a miraculous birth. It's not just so you and I could have nativity scenes in our houses and different things like that. 
He gave his one and only son so that, this is the reason, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That's why it all took place. And so when we look at the whole thing, when we look at the reason, we don't just isolate it to one thing, and we see the whole picture of how it happened. We see the prophecy. We hear the miraculous conception. We have the birth. We have all the miracles that took place in life. We have the death. It was for my penalty. And when I just think back to what I've done selfishly in the last week, my attitude, thoughts that I've had, things that I did or didn't do, he came to pay the penalty for you and I. But then he overcame the grave in the power that is found in that. There's a victory that's found in that, that not only have, do we not have to serve our prison sentence, but now there's healing that is found in that. There's freedom that is found in that. There's restoration that is found in that. And he ascended to heaven so that it can become alive in each one of us. The power of Holy Spirit can be alive in each one of us. So some questions. What is God wanting to miraculously birth within you? What does he want to birth in you? Do you believe he wants to birth something in you? Or are you just a spectator? Do you see yourself as only a spectator of the show that's going on? Of the, of the story that we just read? Are we just witnesses to it? Are we just in the movie theater watching it play out? Or is it something that's coming alive in each one of us? What is he wanting to birth in you? And what's your response? Are we going to be like Mary? Maybe a little frightened, a little shooken up, but say, say yes. Are you acknowledging the Emmanuel God with you, that he is with you? He's walking with you. He's living with you. He's with you in the good times. He's with you in the bad times. And sometimes these words like Emmanuel, God with us, we used to sing songs. They've been in stories. They're on little wood plaques hanging all over grandmother's houses. They're, they're on cards. But when you really think about the magnitude of what it means, that he, God, the Alpha and the Omega, the King of kings and the Lord of lords so loved you so cared about you that he sent his one and only son to come to this earth to pay the penalty for each one of us and that's what we celebrate at this time is the coming, but to think of it all together. 
What are you still holding on to that he took to the cross for you? So he's with us. But he did die and he paid the penalty. But if you're like me, there's some things that I have. I struggle believing that he, he, he took that to the cross. I see him taking a couple things. But what am, what am I still holding on to? What am I still carrying around in my backpack? And I'm not letting go of because I'm not actually really embracing what Christ did and why God sent Emmanuel, God with us. Also, what has died that he wants to resurrect within you? There's some things that are good for us to allow those things to die. An old, a bad habit, uh, an attitude. There's other things that other people's words have killed in our lives. That we've suppressed and we've no longer operated that muscle and it just begins to, to have atrophy and, and begin to die. That God wants to breathe life onto he wants to say, come alive in me. Man, don't, 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 be so, don't be so contained. Rejoice with me. Man, let loose with me. Get excited with me. Allow me to use you to, to be my hands and my feet. That we wouldn't say, no, I'm too young. I don't know how to talk. They won't listen to me. That we wouldn't say, I'm too old. I'm not relevant. They, they don't respect me. That we wouldn't say, oh, I, I'm this or I'm that. No, you are exactly who he wants you to be. And I believe today, I believe tomorrow, and I believe every day of your life moving forward, there is something that he wants to breathe alive in you. And he wants to wake it up within you. Man, this week uh, wasn't the easiest week. And there was different things. And even as I'm preparing this, I have to ask myself, do I believe it? Man, normally when I prepare a message, it is like 99% for me. And you guys just have to watch the show of the 1% that's for you. But I had to ask my questions. And we all do is how is this going to change my perspective to help me in this current time? We don't just do these messages and talk and, and worship just so we can check it off our list. It's so that you and I all walk out of here different than we walked in. That we reflect him a little bit more. That when we walk out of here, people are like, there is something different about you. You've been in the presence of God. You've met with him. There's a part of your, your uh, little chip on your shoulder that's, oh, I don't know, would you say smoothed out? I don't know what the opposite of the chip is. But anyways, you know what I mean. Is, you know, like where you're becoming more and more like who he is. I had asked myself, do I believe he is with me in all situations I go through? Or does he leave me and forsake me? He's Emmanuel, God with us. Not just Emmanuel, God watching us. Emmanuel, periodically checking in. Emmanuel, watching my phone and, you know, help find my phone. He knows where I am on a GPS. Not Emmanuel who checks my status update. He's Emmanuel, God with us. But do we believe he is with us? How would you and I act differently if we really believed he was always with us? 
Do I believe he took all my failures to the cross and has forgiven me? Or do I question that? Here's a tougher one. Do I also believe that he's taken everyone who's wronged me and their failures to the cross and forgiven them? Do I believe he is birthing and resurrecting things in me? For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, so that anyone, so that all of us, so that you, so that I, we believe in him. We will not perish, but have eternal life. But we're not just talking about just eternity. There's the life that he wants to bring in you right now. There's healing he wants to bring to you right now. There's hope that he wants to bring to you right now. There's joy that he wants to bring to you right now. There's restoration that he wants to bring to you right now. So as we continue on these next couple weeks, let's not just think of the one event. Let's think about what this event, why? Why did he have to send his son? We choose to have appreciation for why. But then we look at what did his son do? What happened in that? What truths are found there? What freedoms are found there? And we embrace them. We don't just know them. They're part of us. And we know that it's something that he's still actively doing in each one of us right now.